0: There's a ring of truth
2: that is unstable, knowing that you cannot find alone. And if you listen carefully and sometimes even if you don't, you can hear
0: that sound. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher Dan Sexton, senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's
1: Word. He put them right in the middle of everything. And he puts them in the center and it says, Be the light of the world. Show this world me. Right? And he does the same thing with us. He didn't put us in a monastery. He didn't send us off to live by ourselves, away from the world and without any contact in the world. He puts us right in the middle of this world. And he tells us to be the light of the world, be the salt of the earth, And that's why he's put us where he's put us. That's why he's put you where he's put you. With the people that are around you that are around you. So you can be light to them, you can be salt to them.
0: Pastor Dan talks today about the importance of Jerusalem as God's chosen people. Have you ever thought about the age old question, if God loved us, then why does he allow us to endure so much pain? Well, our pain won't last forever. God put us into this world, and He equipped us with the knowledge needed to spread the gospel. For what other purpose does this life have than to share the good news? He didn't hide you away because He's promised to take care of you. He will never allow you to endure more than you can handle with Him by your side. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: When Jesus Christ comes back to establish his kingdom, where will we be? We're going to be with him, right? We're going to come back with him to the earth when he's ruling and reigning upon the earth. Now look at verse 4. Lift up your eyes all around. Look around, the Lord says. And see, they all gather together. They come to you. Speaking of Jerusalem. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. This is describing, again, the kingdom age and the Jewish people returning back to the land of Israel and returning back to the city of Jerusalem. Currently, right now, there are many Jews that are returning back to Israel. But what you see happening today is just a preview Of the regathering that will take place during the kingdom age. When Christ returns. Then. Verse 5. Speaking to Zion. Speaking to Jerusalem. Then. When Christ returns. When your people start to return back to you. Then. You shall see and become radiant. Speaking of Jerusalem. And your heart. Shall swell. With joy. What a great verse this is. You know, the Bible describes Jerusalem as the perfection of beauty. But its most beautiful time will come in the kingdom age. When Christ is reigning in that city from that city. And the people of God are returning back to that city. And coming to that city, to the temple, to worship Jesus Christ. Then Jerusalem will become radiant, he says. Then it will swell with joy. Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. Again, describing the kingdom age. The Gentile nations were told will bring their wealth to Israel as a gift to the Lord, as an act of sacrifice and worship. To the Lord. If you remember, as we've been studying through Isaiah, the Gentile nations, as Isaiah wrote this, were constantly invading Israel and stealing the wealth of Israel and taking the wealth of Israel. But during the reign of Christ, wealth will flow into Israel and into Jerusalem. And look at verse 6. Look at verse 6 again. It says at the end of verse 6 that they, the Gentiles, shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. Now, if you remember, sometime after the birth of Jesus Christ, the wise men, the Magi from the East, right? They came to Jerusalem. They came to worship the one born, the King of the Jews. They came to worship Jesus Christ. And what did they bring with them? Gold, frankincense, or incense, and myrrh. Gold was the king of metals. So it was the metal of the king, right? It was the most precious metal. And so gold represents the king. Frankincense or incense was used by the priest and the temples. Jesus was both the king of the Jews and he's the great high priest. That's why they brought gold to him. That's why they brought frankincense to him. Now, what about myrrh? Myrrh was a burial spice. Myrrh was uh, an embalming fluid in today's terms. So these wise men from the East, they brought gold. That makes sense. He's the king of kings. They brought incense or frankincense. He's the high priest. But they also brought myrrh, an embalming fluid. That's a pretty strange baby gift, right, to give someone. I'm sure Joseph and Mary were a bit puzzled by the embalming fluid. You know, oh, look, honey, embalming fluid. What a nice gift. Thank you so much. I'm not sure what we're going to do with it, but thank you. But it was prophetic. It was prophetic, right? It was a foreshadowing of his sacrifice on the cross for our sins, right? That baby would grow up and offer himself as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He'll be crucified on the cross. That myrrh, it spoke of his sacrifice. It spoke of his crucifixion. What do you see here? This is now chapter 60. We're looking ahead to the kingdom age when Christ returns in glory and power as king of kings and lord of lords. And when he comes again, there's no need for myrrh. There's just golden incense now. Right. The Bible says that when Jesus Christ died, he died once and for all for sin. He doesn't need to be sacrificed again a second time. His sacrifice on the cross Paid for our sins, all of our sins, once and for all. And after he died, he rose again the third day, and he's alive, and he's never going to die again. And so there's no need for myrrh now. He doesn't need an embalming fluid. He doesn't need burial spices. And so we see here in the kingdom age, people will bring the gifts of gold and incense to the king, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. And all the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together to you, to Jerusalem. The rams of Nebaioth shall minister to you. They shall ascend with acceptance on my altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. In the kingdom age, when Christ returns and establishes his kingdom, ruling from Jerusalem, there will also be a temple in Jerusalem, and the sacrificial system that we saw in the Old Testament will be reinstituted. That's why they're bringing their flocks, the flocks of Kedar, up to Jerusalem, to the Lord's altar at his house, the temple. They're making sacrifices again in the kingdom age. Why? What's the point? Jesus Christ paid for all of our sins on the cross. Why are they doing sacrifices in the kingdom age at the temple? The sacrifices in the kingdom age... Will look back to the cross as a memorial, just as the sacrifices in the Old Testament looked ahead to the cross. And so, during the Kingdom Age, there'll be sacrifices looking back to what Christ accomplished on the cross. So we see them bringing flocks for sacrifice in verse seven. Who are these who fly like a cloud and like doves to their roost? Uh, This seems to be speaking of ships on the sea, their sails looking like clouds out on the horizon. Surely the coastlands shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish will come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them, to the name of the Lord your God and to the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified you, Jerusalem. Again, this is speaking of the nations bringing The children of Israel back and bringing their silver and their gold, bringing gifts to Israel for Jesus Christ, the Holy One of Israel. The sons of foreigners, look at verse 10. The sons of foreigners shall build up your walls and their king shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I have had mercy on you. Verse 10 says that foreigners again in the kingdom age foreigners will rebuild the cities of Israel now if you remember earlier in isaiah who destroyed the cities of israel foreigners right remember the assyrians came in we talked about that in an earlier chapter and they destroyed all of the cities of the northern kingdom and all of the cities of the southern kingdom except for jerusalem and then babylon Will come in and Babylon will destroy Jerusalem. So foreigners destroyed the nation, but in the kingdom age, we see that it's foreigners who will construct the nation. The construction crews will be made up of foreigners. The tables will be turned in the kingdom age. We're told here that God will show mercy, He'll show favor to His people. His chastening was temporary. Verse 11. Therefore, your gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day or night. That men may bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles and their kings in procession. The gates will be open continually. Again, this is looking ahead to the kingdom age. He's talking about the restoration of the nation of Israel. And he's telling us in verse 11, if their gates are open Continually, day and night, they're dwelling in complete security. They're dwelling in complete safety. There will be no danger for Israel in the kingdom age. Israel today does not dwell in safety. Israel today has many enemies in the world that want to destroy her. And Israel must be constantly vigilant. Uh, They have very high security measures in Israel. Everywhere you go, you see security. You see with the police forces in the streets and checkpoints that you have to go through and uh, security at the airport, everything. There's these these very strict security measures that they have in place right now, and they expend a lot of money and a lot of energy and a lot of manpower on security in the nation of Israel. But when the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, comes, they'll dwell in complete safety. They'll have complete security. Jerusalem will leave her gates open continually, day and night, without a worry, without a fear.
0: Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more.
1: I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel, located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. For the nation and kingdom which will not serve you shall perish and those nations shall be utterly ruined. Jesus Christ will judge the nations who will not serve Israel. If you, if you remember from our Revelation study on Sunday mornings, you kind of remember the chronology of end times events, the next event to happen chronologically will be the rapture of the church when Christ descends and receives the church up to heaven. And then after that, you're going to have the seven years of tribulation upon the earth. At the end of that will come the battle of Armageddon when Christ returns to the earth and defeats the Antichrist and the armies of the Antichrist. And then he establishes his kingdom on the earth for a thousand years and he rules and reigns from Jerusalem for a thousand years. And then at the end of the thousand years, there's the judgment, the great white throne judgment. And then he creates a new heaven, a brand new heaven, brand new earth. And we all live happily ever after. In the new earth, and the new Jerusalem. Here it's talking about, in verse 12, during the tribulation period, and specifically at the time of Armageddon, the nations of the earth will come against Israel, come against God's people, and that's what's going to prompt Jesus Christ to return, and when he returns, he will destroy those nations who've come against Israel. Uh, So at the end of the tribulation period, He comes and he destroys them with just the brightness of his coming. Verse 13. The glory of Lebanon shall come to you. The cypress, the pine, the box tree together to beautify the place of my sanctuary and I will make the place of my feet glorious. You know, the glory of Lebanon was her lumber, her trees and Lebanon will provide the lumber for the building of the temple in the kingdom age, just like Lebanon provided the lumber for the temple for Solomon. They'll do it once again and provide the temple for the millennial temple during the time of the kingdom age. By the way, just as a side note, this isn't going to be on the test, so you don't have to take any notes on it. In Jerusalem, on the temple mount, there's the dome of the rock, And next to the Dome of the Rock, there is a mosque there uh, called the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Back, I think, in the 1920s, late 1920s, early 1930s, there was an earthquake in Jerusalem that damaged the dome of that mosque. And so they had to do some repairs to that mosque. And so they removed some of the lumber structure, some of the beams in that mosque to replace them. And they just left them there on the Temple Mount. They're still there today on the Temple Mount. Uh, because of political reasons, they they couldn't remove the lumber, uh, the old lumber that was there. Archaeologists have taken some of that lumber, and they've tested it, and they've determined that it is cedar from Lebanon that dates back to the time of Solomon. So, how in the world would you get beams of cedar from Lebanon from the time of Solomon? unless they're from the temple that Solomon built when he used cedars from Lebanon to build the temple. And so they think that some of those beams are actually from Solomon's temple that Solomon built many years ago. They're just laying there in a pile uh, with a tarp over them on the temple mount, just in a corner there. So look at verse 14. Also the sons of those who afflicted you shall come bowing to you, and all those who despised you shall fall prostrate at the soles of your feet, and they shall call you the city of the Lord, Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Now think about what verse 14 is saying. All the descendants of those who afflicted Jerusalem throughout history. I mean, think about that. And how many different nations and kingdoms have come against the Jewish people and come against Israel, come against the city of Jerusalem throughout all of history. Their descendants in the kingdom age, it says, will come bowing to Jerusalem, bowing down to it and acknowledging it as the city of the Lord, as Zion of the Holy One of Israel, and it's, just, I mean, it's just so amazing to think about this. I mean, even today, most nations refuse to acknowledge Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. You guys remember the big to-do when Trump moved our embassy to Jerusalem and recognized it as the capital of Israel. Uh, so even today, there are nations that are against that city. In the kingdom age, their descendants will come bowing down and acknowledge that it is the city of the Lord, of Zion, of the Holy One, of Israel. Verse 15, whereas you have been forsaken and hated, speaking of Jerusalem, so that no one went through you, I will make you an eternal excellence, a joy of many nations. What a beautiful promise about the city of Jerusalem it's hated it's despised it's forsaken and yet god promises here to make it an eternal excellence and make it a joy of many generations you know according to the bible according to god jerusalem is the geographical center of the earth i know when you look at a map usually the united states is right at the center of the map and the center of the world but according to scripture Jerusalem is the center of the earth. And I want to show you, turn with me to uh, Ezekiel chapter 5. Ezekiel chapter 5, verse 5. Thus says the Lord God, this is Jerusalem. I have set her in the midst or in the middle of all the nations and the countries all around her. So here in verse 5, God is saying that Jerusalem is in the middle All of the countries are around her. If you look at a map, Israel sits on a land bridge that connects Asia and Africa and Europe. And if anyone wants to travel by land to those continents, uh, they have to pass through Israel to get there. So Israel, God has placed Israel. He's placed his people, you know, right at the crossroads of the world, especially the ancient world. And You know, God didn't put his people somewhere off to the side, alone, away from the world. He put them right in the middle of everything. And he puts them in the center and then says, now be the light of the world. Show this world me, right? And he does the same thing with us. He didn't put us in a monastery. He didn't send us off to live by ourselves, away from the world and without any contact in the world. He puts us right in the middle of this world. And he tells us to be the light of the world, be the salt of the earth. And that's why he's put us where he's put us, why he's put you, where he's put you, with the people that are around you that are around you. So you can be light to them. You can be salt to them. That's what he did with his people. He put them right in the middle of, of everything, right at the crossroads, right at the main intersection of the ancient world so that they could be a light to the nations. And so Israel's at the center. At the center of Israel is Jerusalem. And at the center of Jerusalem is the temple. And at the center of the temple is the Holy of Holies, the dwelling place of God. And so Israel, it's, it's, in the Bible, according to God, it's the center geographically of everything in the world. That's why in the Bible, when it talks about directions, when it talks about east, west, north, south, it's talking about that direction in relation to Jerusalem. And when you see in the Bible east, west, north, south, it's talking about east of Jerusalem, west of Jerusalem north of Jerusalem, south of Jerusalem. Everything is referenced off Jerusalem because in God's economy, that's the center of everything.
0: That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. We're so glad you joined Pastor Dan Sexton for his verse-by-verse study through the book of Isaiah. This extraordinary book is quoted in the New Testament more than any other Old Testament book. Plus, it provides us with the most comprehensive picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. It includes the full scope of His life and ministry, from His virgin birth to His sacrificial death to His resurrection and second coming in glory. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an edition of this program. That website again is calvaryec.com. We'd love to hear from you too and learn how Ring of Truth has blessed you. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Let us know how God is working in your life and if there's anything that we can be praying for during this study of Isaiah. That number again is 410-491-4592. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We pray the Lord bless and keep you and that your faith is deepened with each passing day. Tune in next time to continue our study of the book of Isaiah right here on Ring of Truth.